Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Good evening. Excuse me. Good evening. And welcome to Shama Speaks. Today, I will be speaking on just mainly scriptures that are found in Samuel, mainly scriptures that are found in Samuel, those scriptures I'll be speaking on. It's a surprise topic today because I don't really know how to put it together, like saying, well, we'll be talking about this and stuff. I don't really know how to put it together. So I'm going to just say we're speaking on a surprise topic. But before we, we start on this topic, I'm going to be, before we start off with our, um, our lesson or session or something, you know, I'm going to be saying a prayer. I'd like everybody to close their eyes and bow their heads. Lord, thank you for another day that you brought us, Lord, into. Lord, thank you for another week that you've let us just be in, Lord, and thank you for letting us be able to participate in your wonderful word, or that you set your word down on earth for us to be able to, Lord, learn and understand you better. Lord, I thank you for always, Lord, being there for us when we thought nobody would catch us when we fell. Lord, I thank you for always standing by us when we were standing alone. Lord, help us to know that you're there even when we think you're not, Lord. Help us to be able to know that you see our secret lives, Lord, that even if nobody else knows what we hide, Lord, that you do. And you know that we know it's wrong. And help us to be able to change, Lord, help us to be able to change what the insides of us, Lord. Lord, help us to be able to, Lord, to change our, like, wrong decisions, Lord. Lord, let us be able to love others the way we want to be loved and the way that you love us, Lord, that everybody is your children, Lord, that we should be treated equally, Lord, that nobody is higher than anybody except you, Lord. Lord, I thank you that you are our Father, Lord, and you don't just treat us like any kind of child, Lord. You treat us high and you put us high above, Lord. Lord, I thank you for always just standing by us, Lord, and for listening to our prayers, Lord, and for answering them, Lord, that we might not, we sometimes we might not think you're there, Lord, but you're there, Lord, you're there watching us, and you're there listening to us, Lord, Lord, that you hear our crying out, and you hear our rejoicing, Lord, that we're not doing it for just everything for nothing. In my name is Shohamashia, Selah, Selah. So, today, 
we're talking about the cave. So that's our surprise topic, the cave. So you're probably thinking, what's the cave? Man, uh, what? What? You're probably thinking that, but no. The cave means the scripture for that. It's the cave part one. The scripture for that is, First Samuel, chapter 22, and verse 1. David at Adulam in Mizbah, Mizpah. It says, David left Gath and escaped to the cave of Adulam. When his brothers and his father's household heard about it, they went down to him there. All those who were in distress or in debt or in debt or discontented gathered around him, and he became their commander. About 400 men were with him. Oh, I read down to two. Oh, okay. I guess I'm going to just finish reading this up. I guess I'm going to finish reading up First Samuel chapter 22 and verse 1. Chapter 22 and I get done reading everything else. Excuse me, I have a hiccup. So it says, psychologist Daniel Goldman says that that was the paper shutter. Excuse me. So it says, psychologist Daniel Goldman says that Above all else, what distinguishes top performers in every field is their enthusiasm and persistence in the face of setbacks. Your response to failure is most important than your IQ, looks, charms, or money. So, like, why does why does failure energize some people and paralyze others? Well. So why does failure energize some people and paralyze others? Well, failure, what it means by energize some people is that when some people fail, they take it as an opportunity to take what they failed at and turn it around. They, like, learn from their mistakes. They take failure and learn from it, like they learn from it. So they get energized off it. And some people get paralyzed by, like, not actually like paralyzed, like can't walk, but they take failure like the failure. They just like, well, I fail at anything, at everything. Since I fell at this one thing, I just fail at everything. I can't live on no more. So that's basically that failure basically paralyzing them. So back to what I was saying. So take a look at David. Excuse me, I have the hiccup. For a while, he couldn't lose everything he touched turned to gold. Samuel anointed him to be the next king. He defeated Goliath. Saul chose him as a warrior and musician. The army loved him and wrote songs about him. But then he lost it all. His job and his marriage failed. Samuel, his old mentor, died. His best friend, Jonathan, couldn't help him. And Saul's soldiers hounded him so much that he had to hide in the cave. So eventually everybody does time in 
eventually everybody does time to time in the cave. So we don't actually hide in caves. What it means by sometimes when like when we just lose it all, we just go and hide like probably just stay in our house and not come out or something because they have some scenarios like that, like where a person just stays in their house and doesn't come out because, you know, that one little failure caused them, just paralyzed them. So then it says, it's where you end up where all your earthly supports are gone. Your boss gives you a pink slip. You're in debt, you're in debt up to your ears. Your dreams have shattered. You've lost someone dear to you. Your health is failing. But the hardest part about there is thinking, God's forgotten me. I'll never get out. I'll die here. The cave is where you learn things about yourself. You can never learn anywhere else. It's also where God does his best work in molding and shaping you. Because all your other props are gone. So sometimes when you're by yourself, like sometimes you just go away to think. God is molding you and shaping you to a better person. Like, he's, like, just, we're just turning our mistakes into the better. Like, we're learning from our mistakes. So sometimes we need to be by ourselves so God can just work on us. Like I said, he's doing our best, his best works on us. So then it says, because, okay, so suddenly all you've got is God, and you discover he's enough. It's what your worst in, inadequacy. And inadequacy confirms that you're out of your league and where God sends his power to flow through your weakness. Welcome to the cave. So if you didn't get what the cave is, the cave is basically where you, like, when you're just feeling lonely, you're feeling down, and then everything has failed you and you've lost everything and nobody's there for you. But then you realize you don't need anybody. God's enough. He, God is enough, like. You might not know it, but he's working on you, and he's turning you into a better person, and we don't even know it. So then the next scripture is First Samuel chapter 30 and verse 8. Excuse me, I hiccup got me messed up and jacked up and stuff. So it says, and, da- and David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. So when it says, like, and da- like David based- was saying to the Lord, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them. So God told David that he was going to surely overtake them and without fail recover all. So his failures were going to recover, like he was going to be recovered. So basically after losing everything at Ziklag, David could have said, well, I guess I'll just stay in this cave the rest of my life and let Saul be king. Instead, he asked God what his next move should be. And God said, go after them. You will recover everything that was taken from you. When David obeyed these words, he got back everything he'd lost and reestablished his leadership. See, 
sometimes you need to be alone and find yourself and like find yourself and let God work on you and then everything you've lost will be given back to you. Sometimes it takes the as a hardship we may go through in order to know what like and sometimes it takes the bad things in order to make us better. So then it says so then it says taking action is very powerful. One single step forward can rob failure of its distract destructive power. The reason failure paralyzes us is because we don't take the time to understand why we failed in the first place and then work to change it. So the people that actually take failure and just get energized is because they know what they failed at in the first place and they're turning a, turning it around to change it. They're turning it around so it can be changed. So then it says, Instead, we wait for some outside force or person to rescue us. So sometimes we, like, go to people, like, we don't even try fixing what we messed up. We just go to somebody. We're like, oh, can you please help me? And when they can't help us, we're just like, oh, my gosh, something's wrong with me. And it can get even bigger. It can turn worse and stuff. See, that's why when we fail, we shouldn't let that failure get to the heart, even when somebody... Even when somebody says, well, you failed, you're a failure for life, don't take that to heart. Like, because, um, God, you know, those people don't matter. If they're not there to just help you and, will, like, help you when you fall, then they're not, they're not there for you. There's no point of having them around in your life when you're just going to take up space and stuff. So then it says, when you're worried about, oh, depth. Did I skip something? Okay. So, yes, I did. I forgot to say, instead we wait for some outside force or person to rescue us. When all the time God's calling us to act. When you're worried about failing, the worst thing you can do is nothing. Failure can be a tremendous motivator, especially when it drives you to make changes, feeling new levels of understanding. So, writing about what he terms the cycle of lethargy, psychologist David Byrne says, sorry for the disturbance. Okay, when I'm faced with a challenge and do nothing, it leads to distorted thoughts that I'm helpless. Hopeless and beyond change. Those in turn lead to destructive emotions. Loss of energy and procrastination, avoidance and escapism. These negative emotions reinforce one another and the whole cycle spirals downwards. See, what did I say? It can get worse and worse, and we won't even know it. Next thing you know, be up in the doctor's office. Doctors over there like, well, you have depression, anxiety, or whatever, and giving us all these pills and then all of that. No, just from one little failure, it can turn into something that big. We don't even realize it, but it happens to a lot of people. And then they're just like, 
well, I can't fix it now. Yes, you can still fix it. Because God, he's always there with open arms. So then it says, when you act and win, it's glorious. When you act and lose, it's painful. But it's not failure. Failure is, is refusing to act it at all. At all. So when you lose, but you get back up, that's not failure. But failure is like when you just lose and you're like, oh, well, I'm a loser. I'm always lose. Well, since you said that, that just made you a failure because you failed to do it. So the next scripture is, okay, the next scripture is First Kings. Chapter 19, verse 9. Elijah flees to Horeb. Now, Ahab told... I'm reading a scripture. I'm reading the scripture. Now, Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, and now he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the guys deal with me be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life when he came to Beersheba in Judah. He left his servants there. So you're probably like, what does this have to do with with David and what I just read? Let's do with that is because David he flee he fleed too he ran he ran and he hid in the cave. And then it says Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. So basically they both we're hiding. They both are hiding. Elijah, he hid away by running for his life. So then it said, I'm reading all the way down to verse 9. Then it said, while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. He said, I have had enough, Lord. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down in the bush and fell asleep. All at once, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals in a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night. So what's that about? So during the high points in your life, it's easy to see God's hand at work. Yet he loves you just as much when you're discouraged or fall flat on your face. Mm. His love is unconditional. It's not based on your success. So what that means is, if God's love was based on our success, so if God's love was based on our success, then that would be bad because some people, they don't get very high in life. Like, they just sit there and they like, oh, well, I'm not very successful. So, you know, like if, God's love was based on our success, then he wouldn't really love us at all because but some anybody people... could be successful with wealth. Yes. 
And some people, they're not very successful in life, so they'll be like, well, you know. Well, many of them are not spiritually successful at all. They're only, <coughs> excuse me, they're only successful in finances. But the word of God says the love of money is the word of all evil. So if we just only just love just getting all the good things of life and never having the spiritual things of life, then why we should, we, should we be successful in the eyes of the Father? Yes, you're right. So what? So you're probably thinking, well, what, you know, so so if his love is unconditional, then what's the difference between it be his love, if his love is being off of success and if it's unconditional? Well, the difference is, since his love is unconditional, that means it doesn't matter what condition you're in, he'll still love you. And he'll love you forever. Wow. What a loving father. Daddy should put the correct passcode now. And okay. now you will never you be able to get in. That's okay. We're not going to worry about that. Oh, potatoes and French fries. So then it says Elijah knew for sure that God was with him when he defeated 400 false prophets, called down fire from heaven. Resurrected a dead boy, outran a chariot, and reprimanded an evil king. Yet when Jezebel pursued him, he got so depressed, he said, Enough, Lord, take my life. Ever been there? Yeah, Jezebel Jezebel was a wicked old girl. Most people think Jezebel was a whore. Jezebel was not a whore. Jezebel just killed the prophet. So when she came out after Elisha, because Elisha had done so many things. He ran. Yeah, he run because she killed many, many men. She killed many strong men of God. She took a Nabat. She took what was his name? Nabat. Nabat. He had a field that she wanted. Her husband wanted to buy the field, and uh, he said, "No, it's not for sale." So she, he went home, cried to his wife, and then his wife she went out there and took that man's head and took his property. How wicked could she be? Jezebel got a big story behind her. They threw her over. They threw her down on the ground, and the dogs ate her. That's not a very good name, then, is it? Jezebel. But then you know some girls in school named Jezebel too, ain't it? Yes, and some of them they can act the same way. Not actually cut off her heads or something. They can be so just wicked. What about the ones named Trinity? <laughs> I don't even want to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Let's let's leave that alone. Trinity, daddy. Actually, that's a good name because, you know, in the Bible or in it's, Sunday school, it's, it's always like the three. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yes, so. <clears throat> but you got to act like the Father and the Son. Anyhow, you have callers. See if your callers have any any word they would like to uh, say today. Open the line up for your callers. The line is open, everybody. Y'all can say stuff, you know. Introduce yourself. My name is Evangelist Shama Anderson. Does anybody have anything to say on the line? 
speak up or forever hold your peace. Well, for all of our listeners, for all of our listeners in the UK and China and all the foreign nations, we thank you all for taking time out of your schedule today to be a part of Family First Production. We love you all and we're praying for you all greatly. And in the evening is Shama Speaks. So Shama's doing the program in the evening at 7.30 and then we come along in the morning time. Stop Shama, don't you hit that screen with your shoe. No, 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 no. Don't worry about it. You are. is going to break my computer screen trying to hit at a bug. So we really uh, gratefully appreciate you guys taking time out of your schedule to be a part of our program. And we pray God blessings on your life, that he would keep you and protect you. And I hope and pray that you can come back again in the morning at 6.30 a.m., where we have live program in the will and word of God. So, Shama, you can go ahead on with your program, but you have to always remember to give the call-in number, which is 724-444-7444, and the ID is 111253. For all of our listeners <clears throat> out of the states and all in the foreign countries and nations, We'd like for you guys to get in on TalkShoe, where you can come in on TalkShoe uh, via Internet, or you can call in. And we do have we do have a call. We do have numbers for uh, the U.K., for Germany, for Switzerland, for uh, all the nations, about 52 different nations. We do have call numbers where you all can call. But you have to pick us up on speaker to get those numbers. So God bless you and keep you. And I'm going to get back to listening to the word today. Thank you, Sean. Okay, okay, I had to find my spot. So, anytime you feel like that, like God's not doing enough, take my life, <laughs> then you feel like that it's not from God. Sometimes God permits pain in order to produce conviction of sin and repentance yes. for wrongdoing. That kind of pain is your friend. But God's not a God of discouragement. Yes. His standard greeting is fear not or be of good cheer. cheer. Something important happened when God spoke to Elijah in that cave. God didn't ask, what are you doing there, Elijah? No, he asked, what are you doing here? God was right. There with him, a cave can be a great place to discover that God is with you. It was there that David wrote, You are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. As long as your sense of worth is tied solely to your success, it is, it'll always be fragile. But when you know, really know, that God is with you, even at your lowest points, you can handle the cave and come out stronger. Well, that that hit me. That hit me like for real, like a bullet, man. Because it said, but when you know, really know what that God is with you, even at your lowest point, you can handle the cave and come out stronger. So, yes, it says, like, you can handle the cave and come out stronger. So when, you know, you come out stronger, 
you basically are just like you're stronger than you're you're stronger than you'll ever be. So, the next scripture is Psalms chapter 142 and verse 5. It says, I cry to you, O Lord, I say you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. So, it just said, it just said that David said that he was saying to the Lord, like, he was like, I'm yours, you know, take me, I'm here. So then it said, when David told God, you are my only place of refuge, he had no way of knowing there was a crown in his future. So he didn't know he was going to be great. He didn't know he was going to be overall in the future or that he wasn't going to die in hiding. So for all he knew, the cave he was in right now might be as good as it gets. So he thought he was just going to stay there forever because he has no point in life. But nope. When you're in a situation you can't fix, can't heal, and can't escape, you must learn to trust God. That's not easy because it means becoming so immersed in his word, so convinced of his goodness, so submitted to his lordship, but that wherever you are, it's fine, as long as he's there. Jesus knows all about caves. He suffered, too. His life was in constant danger. He lost his position as a leader, his status as a teacher, and he even and even his friends. His life was in constant danger. He lost his position as a leader, his status as a teacher, and even his friends. Then things seemed to get worse. He went to a cross and died. With him the dreams he inspired inspired. And others seemed and others seemed lost my spot. That's uh that can happen anytime. Really, Daddy? Oh, Daddy. Oh, Daddy. <laughs> Daddy, come back and sit down. Act wait, no, come back. And you turn the Osh potato. You turn the light off. You turned the never mind. I'm just read with my phone. So then it says Okay, 
With him, he, his, the dreams he'd inspired and others seemed to die, too. What started out as a shining success appeared to end up in a shameful failure. Jesus understands your feelings of isolation and loneliness better than anybody else because nobody ever descended into death the way he did. But his enemies made the mistake of putting him in the cave. They didn't know that that's where God resurrects dead things, like dead hopes, dead dreams, dead marriages, dead ministries, and dead relationships. They didn't realize that he does some of his best works in caves. So if you're in one, if so if you're in one today, be encouraged. Jesus came out victorious, and his plan is to bring you out victorious. So he has a plan for us. He knows, you know. He has a plan for us. He has a plan for all of his children. So yeah, he just he has a plan for us, and we don't. We just need to not worry about it. We like concentrate on the good, not the bad, not negative things. Because negative things are just going to bring us down. You know, it's just going to weigh us down, and nobody has time for that. Nobody has time to be weighed down and stuff. So the next scripture, oh, I was going to finish up reading First Samuel chapter 22. Daddy, sit down. I'm acting. Really? Dad, that's Mama's phone. Really? So I'm going to finish reading up First Samuel chapter 22. From there, David went to Mizpah and Moab and said to the king of Moab, would you let my father and mother come and stay with you until I learn what God will do for me? So he left them with the king of Moab, and they stayed with them, with him as long as David was in the stronghold. But the prophet Gad said to David, do not stay in the stronghold. Go into the land of Judah. So David left and went to the forest of Paris. Now Saul heard that David and his men had been discovered, and Saul was seated, spear in hand, under the tamarisk tree on the hill at Gibeah, with all his officials standing at his side. He said to them, Listen, men of Benjamin, will the son of Jesse give all of you fields and vineyards? Will he make all of you commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds? Is that why you have all conspired against me? No one tells me when my son makes a convenience with the son of Jesse. None of you is concerned about me or tells me that my son has incited my servant to lie and wait for me as he does today. The Doeg, the Edomite, who was standing with Saul's officials, said, I saw the son of Jesse come to Amalek, son of Ahitub, at Nob. Ahimelech inquired of the Lord, for him, he also gave his provisions and the sword of Goliath, the Philistine. Then the king sent for the priest Ahelmelech, son of Ahatib, and all the men of his family who were the priests at Nob. And they all came to the king. Saul said, Listen now, son of Ahab. Yes, my lord, he answered. Saul said to him, Why have you conspired against me? 
even the son of Jesse giving him bread and a sword and inquiring of God for him, that he has rebelled against me and lies and waits for me as he does today. I'm waiting for my dad to come back so I can ask some questions and stuff on how I, you know.
Well, my bad. I'm supposedly waiting for him so I can ask him questions, but he is taking a long. I don't know why. Most of them waiting for you now. Mm-hmm. You can ask no. questions, yes. And my friend on the red drawing, did you want to try to answer that? Okay, right. you just, uh. No, 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 no. You have to finish your program out. You only have the 8.30, so get away. Also, the review of what we talked about today was the scriptures that I read today was First Samuel chapter 22 and verse 1, First Samuel chapter 30 and verse 8, First Kings chapter 19 and verse 9, and Psalms chapter 142 and verse 5. And it was mainly talking about how sometimes it takes us being inside of our little caves in order to for God to work on us and just take us out because he, he's always going to be there, obviously. But the way he loves us, it's like it, it said, it's unconditional. And he's always there for us. We don't have to hide anything from him. And even if we do try hiding anything from him, he's, he's going to know what we did because he's like, he's God, so... He knows everything. So he'll he'll know what we did. He will know what we did. So that's why when he asks us, like, when the Bible says for us to do what he says for us to do, like, draw to him and, like, come close to him and study his word, we should do it. And it's not that hard, and it's not hard at all to obey God. Like, when you're close to him, then it's not that hard because you won't be drawn away as easily. People out in the world, they're like, well, if I'm, like, with God, then 
I won't be able to do things I want to do. Well, the things that if you, you know, well, then the things that you want to do, they're all, they're probably sinful then. That's right. If you're like, well, if I'm with him, then I can't do what I want to do. Well, what do you want to do? Are you out there doing something you're not supposed to do? So it's not like he's going to have our necks tied up and say, so you can't do this. You could do a lot of things. That's like right. he lets We're us free moral agents. We are free. He gave us a will. Hallelujah. Daddy, it's geek. Never mind, yeah, guys. I was about to say that's why we should tell our parents to actually stay in the room because he has to just. I gotta ask some questions on what I read today. You know. But, yeah, God is such a nice God that he literally gives us a lot of chances. So, yeah, he's such a nice guy that he gives us decisions. And he's like, well, you could go off in the world or you can come to me. But he gives us those two decisions, but he really wants us to come to him. He just gives us those decisions because he's trying to see if the people that are coming, that people that are going to come willfully, like the Christians, some Christians, they, yeah, like they come willfully. And then some of the color so Christians, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm being forced to do this. But yeah, some people, they just think that, you know, God doesn't force us to do anything. If you go to Him, then He's going to say, well, you know, he's there. He's always there. When we come to him, it's not like we don't have to be scared to do anything because he's our father. So he's our father. He's our friend. 
He's just that good of a gun. And some people, they're like, well, I can't hear him. He doesn't do anything for me. And so I'm just going to, like, he can't be, I can't be like him. And he, well, he said we were created in his image. Yeah, we were created in his image. So we're his. We are of him. But we should never put ourselves higher than God, like think we're higher than God. Because he don't like that. Like, that's how Lucifer got kicked out. Because he thought, well, I'm higher than God. I'm all this, you know. I'm awesome, you know, yeah. I'm higher than him and all that. Well, where he at now? He just, he in hell, you know. So that's why we should always be just who God created us to be and nobody else. Because if we're all acting like somebody else, then who, then who's who? You know, so I'm about to close out. Be blessed. Join us in the mornings and So we're about to close out. It is 8.29. Be blessed. Join us at 6.30 in the morning. And join us 7.30 tomorrow evening. Be blessed. Shalom. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.